I'm winging this. You know, we're winging this. We. That's a very important distinction. We'll get back to it, but I didn't plan on what I was going to say because I didn't know what to say. Because I didn't know how I was going to feel, but I knew that I needed to feel it. And I feel you, Chicago. And I hear you, Chicago. Welcome to the Mike Durban Show, episode 60. What, Joe, which one is this? Oh, let's see here. Let's look. I am blessed to be joined by the head of the network for this very special episode. This is yeah. an episode unlike any that I've ever done. <laughs> this is going to be very low production. Uh, it's just two guys talking. And it's kind of like WWR. <laughs> yeah, it's episode Two guys six- talking about wrestling, which is something yeah. I normally don't do on here. Episode 64 we are All at right, right now. So 64. Uh, well, we are going to talk about the hottest story in wrestling going this weekend, and that is CM Punk's return Yes, to yes. AEW. And uh, I was lucky enough to be at the United Center Friday night. Uh, it was one of the best things I've ever seen. It's probably the best wrestling moment I've ever experienced live. And I was at Money in the Bank 2011, so mm-hmm. it's right up there, if not slightly above it. Joe, I know before we get into my story... Yeah. You were in Vegas, and you were with some very important people when this event occurred. Yeah, I was. Uh, I went out on Wednesday, got home uh, Saturday, which because actually someone asked me earlier, like, why do you stay for SummerSlam? I'm like, dude, I didn't know it was Saturday. I might have, I might have stayed, but <laughs> fucking, I thought it was today. Um, so I went out for the for the live Conan show at the Nerd Bar, which uh, very very enjoyable place. If you're in Vegas, it's on Fremont Street. There's you know arcade games there's a bowling alley it's just a, it's just a cool vibe it really really is that was my second time there and uh so i was catching up with conan and disco it was i was with conan a little bit that day and i was at the bar the night before helping to set up but this is the first time the three of us uh have ever really done anything like gone to dinner or whatever so after all these years and disco the master chef at the at the korean barbecue i gotta tell you and i, I put it on twitter and i'll say it on k100 the man can cook I mean that shit was good. I couldn't use chopsticks, quite embarrassingly, but it was it was very very good. And uh, as we were there, I was I was keeping in touch with Mike, and I was looking at my phone, and we were making fun of uh, K100, uh, big big fan, and also he assisted at the live show Harry Ruiz, who is a notorious like AEW lover, like he loves it. He fucking lo- his his license plate. I can't get his license plate away, but let's just say his license plate is is a custom like. It's not AEW one fan, but it's something like that, right? So he loves this shit. As I was sitting there, you know, checking on my phone, and I was talking to you, and I was using my cable company's app where I can watch live TV. 
So I showed it to Disco and, and uh, Ruben Zamora, who was there, Ruben Police Scanner Zamora from Mass Republic. I was like, I can bust Harry's chops all I want, but I'm over here like the show ain't even on yet and I'm waiting for it, you know, showed on my phone. So as it came on, we were we were sort of wrapping up, getting done eating, and I, I put it on and I had the volume down. And then as soon as I saw the graphic come up, I put the volume up and Conan was sitting next to me watching it. And we just watched, you know, like had to see this. Then when we got in the car, we had Ruben put it on the Bluetooth so we could listen to the to the promo too. So we were all marking out, you know. Conan was like, "This is fucking great for the business," you know. Wow. This is, yeah. And uh, I actually sent you guys something before where I was going to listen to Cornette sometime tonight, but Cornette said like, "This guy just sold out the United Center on a rumor, yep. you know, an NBA arena. Like that's something. That's not nothing." So. But yeah, yeah, we're we, gonna we're gonna get to that. There's a yeah. lot of hate and a lot There's of a lot salty of people uh, over this whole thing, which uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna get into that. And so, Disco didn't watch it with you all. I showed him. The, he don't okay. care. I yeah. showed him the screen a couple of times, but he don't care. So, yeah. you know, he wasn't. Nobody was surprised. I mean, I'm sure he'll talk all about it tomorrow. I'm sure he eventually watched it, but he was just like, "Oh, cool," you know. <laughs> but Conan was excited about it. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, that's. He's not just there, but I mean, look at it. That's his company. He works there. You know, that's good for him. That's good for everybody, you know? And who knows? Who knows where Punk could, you know, maybe Punk wants to do a little AAA action. You never know where, you know, this could be good for Conan in many ways. But yeah. Well, I'm really glad that I went to, what's it called? Rampage Friday yeah, night. The first dance. Yeah. It wasn't even officially confirmed, but uh, I had a really good feeling. I was about. 98% sure that he would show up. And, you know, this is a building that I've seen. You know, I went to a handful of nitros. I went to Spring Stampede 2000 there. What else? I've seen dozens of Blackhawks victories in there. And, you know, I've seen huge playoff wins by the Blackhawks in the uh, early 2010s. Uh, but the noise and the, the crowd and the atmosphere, nothing matched what I experienced there Friday night. Were you there for um, the Nitro when Rodman was there? Yes, that was the second one I ever went to, and that was yeah. tremendous. I was actually on the floor, yeah, like in the tenth row for that one. So they walked, and I was near the aisle too. So, so that was I, yeah, somewhere I pretty seen. electric, right? Yes, I mean, that, that was, was, but it wasn't like this this moment. No, this was even bigger, man. This yeah. was even bigger. Yeah, yeah, so, I, yeah. So what, I, I like what Cornette said too, because we we were we've been saying on K100, geez, why don't they just promote it? And I, I think I said on the round table, I was like, yeah, but they didn't need to. They had they didn't need to really tell us it was happening, you know, or to tell the fans that it was happening. The fucking place sold out anyway. I like not knowing for sure, because, you know, we had to sit through two hours of uh, dark matches, AEW yeah. dark. And then they did. What's the velocity or what's the other one? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they shoot another one after yeah. dark. So yeah. there's two hours of uh, squash matches. Uh, and then. Everybody's checking their watch and the nine o'clock hour is, is, is approaching and you could just feel it. Anytime there was uh, a moment between the dark matches, uh, there was just CM Punk chance. Just yep. anytime there was nothing going on, it would just pop up and, and it was most of the arena doing it. So uh, Tony Khan came out about three or four minutes before nine o'clock and he he pumped up the crowd, man. I, I give him that credit. You know, it's easy to to mock the guy and laugh at him, uh, but he the, those the crowd loves him. Yeah, it yeah. is. And and I've you know made my jokes and stuff, but I'll I'll say something here that'll it'll get me heat or whatever. I relate to him because 
I know for a fact that he was at similar events I was at, except he traveled into Philly to see them. We were at the same ECW events. I'm sure there was other ones. Conrad was there. It's funny, all these guys that were the big fans in the 90s, not that I'm anywhere close to the net worth of either of those two, you know, eventually got involved. And um, we were all there. We were all the same kind of fan. And it's like Disco said, you know, he's like, dude, if I had $2 billion, I'd buy a fucking football. I'd buy a football team. I understand why Tony's doing it. He's a big wrestling fan. He's got the money. Let's do it. Let's spice, let's spice the industry up a little bit. And uh, I can't imagine being him, you know, pro- I don't know if he's admitted this or said it publicly, but he was probably there at Ring of Honor when Punk's final match. And he's probably there at Money in the Bank. Like He's probably been to a lot of these things. So now to have the guy come in and working for you has got to be pretty surreal. Yeah. So, but one, yeah. But, but one so, thing before we, we get to it, I wanted to say was, you know, there's been rumors through the years. Like the first rumor, I think, was... uh like two months after he left and they were in Chicago and that's when Heyman came out to his, to call a personality and trolled everyone. Okay. So he didn't show up then there was rumors that he was going to show at, at all in there was rumors that he was going to show at the first AEW pay-per-view in, in Vegas, you know, mm-hmm. because he was out there doing a, doing a, uh, doing a one man show himself and he never did. And every time the air came out of the balloon a little bit for me, I'm like, he's never, it's never going to happen. If it didn't happen now, it's not going to happen. Why would it happen? You know, and uh, I just think that the timing somehow, some way was perfect. You know, all these years and all that of people that were waiting for it to happen. I think this was it wouldn't have been the right time to have him debut in AEW start. They didn't need him. You know, they didn't need him. And now you can see what they're doing. They, they Cody left his boots in the ring and Jericho's got the injury. He's going to be out. They're pulling a few of the chess pieces off the board because they they have new people coming in the future now. So I think the timing for them really is perfect. Yeah, you mentioned that March, I think it was March 4th or March 7th Raw, uh, mm-hmm. 2014. I was at that Raw. Yeah. So I experienced the letdown of, yeah. uh, you know, we back then I would say that I was like 50-50 that he was going to show up at that Raw, you mm-hmm. know, and I'd say most people thought that too. Yeah, I think that was uh, the first time, and people still, of course, bring this up because Dave Meltzer gets trolled just as bad as Tony Khan does, maybe worse, but... Someone leaked to Dave that he was definitely coming back that night, that <laughs> night and stuff, and he didn't. And that's one of the first times I remember seeing Dave really get something wrong. And, and it's actually like people, that's when it started to spiral for him, I think. But So I expected it, and then when it didn't happen, I was kind of surprised. You know, and time went on and on, and I just thought, I just figured he wasn't, it, it was nothing compared to like that, that WWE backstage thing. Like that was like a f- popcorn fart. It was like, oh, cool, he's going to talk about wrestling. But this is what people have been waiting for, and uh I just think it's really smart. They have the second TV show now. You know, I just think the timing and everything came came together. It really did. Yeah. That Raw in 2014, it was such a letdown. Mm-hmm. And that's the day that I realized, yeah, this guy is done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's officially done. And then uh, here we are, seven years later. So about nine o'clock, I still, I did not want to be let down. I remembered the feeling yeah. from seven years earlier. And um you know, I think was his song different. The intro, the the that's they a did, little different, right? It's yeah, something that, a little bit different. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they can use that because WWE probably put that little clip in there. So they did something yeah. similar, but that threw me off at first. And then the sound in the arena, the song was not loud. You know, I'm used to WWE where it's you know the production is top notch. Mm-hmm. AEW still does not have their audio levels correct. Mm. live and then also on the show. And I went back and I watched the show on YouTube 
Mm-hmm. It's just it's not mixed correctly. So it's it, the music live. I should have felt it, but it was just it was very faint. And then um, I didn't believe it fully until I saw him walk out. And it was a few. It was about ten seconds before he actually walked out. Yeah. And then when he did, then the crowd just erupted even louder, and um, it was amazing, man. Disco was sitting across from me and, and Ruben. I'm sure that when he came out, I probably had the goofy smile, like, oh, and I, and I said, he's there, he is, you know, and I showed them. But I said on the show that uh, they have to start the show with him, they had to do it, and they did it. And I was, I was like, all right, good. Because WWE's thing is they'll tease it, and someone maybe they'll come out at the end, and they won't even really like when Jericho had his big return against Orton, like, all he did was come out and like you know, give him the code breaker or something. I remember it was really, it was really short and he didn't talk until the next week. And it was like, okay, that's kind of a letdown when they just show you the guy for 10 seconds. So if they just would have had punk come out and attack Darby or something, like it wasn't the same. He needed to have the big entrance. He needed to have a little bit of time to talk, you know? And, and I, I just, you know, it sounds, I sound like a sycophant. I do, but I think that everything about that segment that they did and the timing and the location and everything was, was just right. It was just right. And people that are fucking with it now and kind of, well, let's see what happens next and being negative and stuff. I think they're going to find it in 10 years. This is going to be one of the moments that people really do still reference and remember much like the, the, the pipe bomb that he did in WWE. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, you know, if I can go back in time, I would, you know, I was recording it. I was trying to get a video of it, but I, I wish that I wouldn't have done that. I wish I would have just experienced it Yeah. and really just took the whole thing in. But um, yeah, I got video of the show of that part but then i a few minutes into it i turned it off and i just listened mm-hmm. and um i the only complaint i have about it is he seemed like he was just going to go on and tell an amazing story for 20 or 30 minutes i, I could have seen it gone going down that road and then they went abruptly to the darby and sting and the rafters and, I'm, and it was so abrupt mm-hmm. so that's the only complaint i have about it and um but i think it's cool that you know, I don't know much about Darby Allen. I've never watched a minute of AEW TV, um, but I think, yeah, this this will be cool. You know, I'm glad it's not him with somebody he's already wrestled before. You know, like yeah. Jericho or somebody like that. Cody. I'm sure he he said something like scores to settle. I'm sure that's that. And they could actually, even though they haven't done Dick with Cabana, they could really make something out of that. And uh, and those two guys might be in there lighting each other up a little bit, but. I was um, I was always looking forward to like dream booking and shit like that. Or now it could possibly happen. Punk and Moxley because as Punk was leaving, Moxley was kind of ascending. You know they've been in the ring together and they've had singles matches, but it's not not like now where they're both. You know, Punk is obviously a megastar. I mean that's just all there is to it. Moxley's a, a star, you know, and uh, they're just I, to me they're cut from the same cloth. It's they're similar in 
their their attitude and the way they talk and everything like that. And I think that them going back and forth on the mic could be something really good. So, and in the ring. So hopefully that'll that'll happen down the line. Uh, I don't know how long his deal is, but from what he was saying, he's not going to part time it up. So you're going to see a lot of Punk, and there's going to be a lot of time for him to get in those dream matches people want and do the back and forth on the mic with whoever and with with more people coming in. It's going to be really a really interesting show. And people had always said like, well. This Tony Khan's a smart mark. It's going to be a smart dream show. Yeah, but what's wrong with that? You know, anybody that's anybody that's listening to this, right, is something of a smart mark or a smart or whatever. You know, if you've talked about wrestling on a podcast or if you've listened to a podcast about wrestling, you're a mark. We're all marks. I sound like John Langan now. We're all marks for something. Yeah. But, I mean, so you're telling me this guy had the chance to bring in, to get a show on TNT like Nitro. He's bringing all these guys in. He, he snagged Moxley from them. He's got some of the, you know, Euro Omegas and stuff that are more of the smart mark favorites. He has big names. And now he has a chance to have the two biggest stars other than Cena and Lesnar and WWE in the last 10 years was probably Brian and Punk. He's got the chance to bring them both in. And now Bray Wyatt probably is coming in. Like, everything he's doing, mostly I go, yeah, I would do that. I would sign that guy. I would do, like, I wouldn't sign Strowman. If Strowman came out, I'd be like, nah, that's a fucking waste of time. Like I feel about Big Show or Henry, you know, but guys like Punk and Brian, fuck yeah, yeah, you gotta sign these guys. They have that groundswell of support. People, they're not just, you know, wrestlers. People are really in the Punk, as we saw. People are really in the Brian. You know, it's really smart, I think, to bring them both in because you're gonna get some of their fans to either jump over or return. Yeah, and yeah, I I'll admit it right now, man. I am going to check out AW more often now. See? I've never watched a minute of it. I went to the first All In, and I never watched AEW TV or a pay per view. But now I am interested. It's amazing that one person can get me interested. You know? Yeah. And that's what I've said. Like, that's that's exactly the kind of talent that he really is. When he left, you know, the the numbers, the people that are always like, he didn't draw his champion. Okay, maybe you can say that. Maybe he wasn't. You know, Cena. Or the rock or whatever. But you also have to look at how did the numbers react when he left and they went down. Yep. So that's proof that people were watching for him, you know. He drew a, a major number on his first UFC fight, curiosity, you know, number and his fans. And uh he was the only guy in the last ten years to outsell Cena on you know, merch. So he's he you know, people that want to talk negatively about it, he's a lot more than they're trying to make him out to be, you know. And uh I, I Exactly what Conan said. Same quote. I think it's tremendous for the business. This is this is a good thing. There's no reason to see it as anything other than that. Yeah. And this was the first show in a long time that I actually went to the show with my friends. Yeah. <clears throat> I had not been to a show with friends, with these particular friends, since yeah. Spring Stampede 2000 in that yeah. same building. And they were interested as much as I was in this. So, you know, there I am. You know, most shows I go by myself because none of my friends. I had dozen, like probably a dozen or two dozen friends back in the Attitude Era. We that yeah. would get together to watch pay per views. Now none of them watch anymore. Nothing. They don't even keep track of the business and at all. Yeah. But here, here we are together, and uh, we all had a great time. And uh, yeah. what else from the like? I know we're we're here to talk about that, but what else from like the dark matches or whatever? What else stuck out? Because I okay, I don't even know the results. Here's another complaint I had about the evening, and this is nothing related to AEW. It's a problem with, I can't even blame the United Center because it's probably not their fault. It's the people that 
you know, there's people in this country that don't want to go to work. They want to sit home and collect a check. So as a result of that, only probably 15 to 20% of the many eating establishments in the United Center were mm. open, right? Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I've been to uh, 50 Blackhawks games. I've been to, I've been to everything at the United Center, Disney on Ice, the circus, many concerts, uh, a dozen wrestling events. There's so many options of places to eat in there. And Friday night, there was hardly anything. There was not even like the stands where you can get popcorn or anything or pretzel. Ice cream. Nothing. Lemonade. Yeah. There was only like the, the two major uh, eateries uh, were open on the, on the 100 level. And um, so about an hour into dark, I, you know, I was hungry. So me and my friend went out. We went to try to find somewhere with a short line. We walked around the entire hundred level. Couldn't find anything with a short line. So we had to get in one of them and we were in the line for 40 minutes. I timed it. Yeah, that's rough. 40 minutes to spend $26 on a cheeseburger and fries and a Coke. So yeah, we missed a lot. I, we missed, uh, you were texting me. We missed uh, Andrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he came out. I saw, I saw a part of it on the screen, but I wasn't really that interested in it. But um so yeah, Somebody that's that my was- complaint. That's my complaint about that. And then uh, the other complaint about uh, the other complaint I have is is you know of course Punk was wearing the new T-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. Mm-hmm. It had the front and the back print. Mm-hmm. The back print said I was there and had all the info. Fucking awesome shirt. Uh, great design on it. I love the new logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have so many talented designers at Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, so yeah. So right after the show, well actually. After Punk's thing, I went out to try and get the shirt, and the line was already like a mile <laughs> long, right? So, Did they announce that? Did they say, hey? No, they didn't They didn't even need to announce it, man. Everybody just knew. Everyone everybody knew. Ran gonna... out, everybody yeah. ran out and got in the line. And there was one merch stand on the first floor. Oosh. And there was one merch stand on the third, on the 300 level, because my friend, and I had another friend up there, and he got a shirt from mm-hmm. the 300 level. He said there was one tiny merch stand up there but the line was just as long but he wait you know him and his brother waited an hour and they got the shirt what is that what is it 18 or twenty thousand, or something I, yeah like that. something like that um they, i'm pretty sure they could have sold fifteen thousand of oh, shirts you know like definitely. They, and now the one on processing tees doesn't have that shit on the back that you're talking about it only has the front yeah so um rampage is over so it's 10 o'clock everybody leaves and then I'm like, uh, I want to try and get a shirt. So I look and the line is even longer. And then we, we go to the end of the line, which is half the building, right? We walked around half the building. Yeah. And then the line folds back and goes back the other way, <sighs> like a Disney World when it snakes yeah. around. So it mm-hmm. went back like almost half the way back to the to the table. Was so, there any uh, bootleg shirt guys outside? No, no <laughs> none of that. Yeah. So nah. um, and I heard the shirt ended up selling out that night anyway so there was so many people that didn't get it so pro wrestling tees man you guys would have made a million dollars that night if you would have just printed enough and then yeah then they said the next day they're not printing the one with the back print like you can get the new shirt with the ringer you know the rings around the arms and the neck Mm -hmm. first that was on sale just the front print and then at some point yesterday they sold out of those shirts with the black ringer. So now you can only get a plain white shirt with the design on the front. Uh, so that's my other complaint. Oh, so now we're going to get into the negativity. And this is just 
you know, I don't get how something that some people think is the most joyous thing that happened in the last 10 years, people like me, you know, I'm sure you, you loved this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Many others did, but then there are these, these people that just shit all over it. And uh, I don't even know what to say about it. I'm going to read, I'm going to read a couple. I don't find myself arguing about wrestling ever. No, me either. Me either. Like almost never. But in the brand I've I've took up for for the 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 moment and punk a little bit where it's like, you know I think I think people just either they just want to hate it or they're underestimating what he's going to bring. And I'm not saying they're going to do two million viewers. First off, that's my that's my pet peeve is people that are ha ha they only got seven hundred thousand this week. Oh, there's only three thousand people in the crowd. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm not a stockholder. You know, like why do I care how many people are watching the show that I'm watching? That's a weird thing that started in the 90s with the ratings war and all that. It's just, I don't give a shit, you know? So, so you know, they're, oh, they barely broke a million. I don't care. I don't care. And, and then to get into the, the analytics and stuff. All right, so then why don't you tell me how many times people watch that segment on AEW's YouTube, on bootleg YouTubes, you know, on Twitter, whatever. Like, it's just, it's a different way to look at things. And I'm not going to get into deep arguments about it, but I every like I stuck up for it a couple of times. Like you got to give it a chance to unfold and see what this guy can bring. And don't forget what else is coming down the pike. This is going to be a lot of momentum, a lot of momentum. And for people that wanted a wrestling alternative for all these years, one comes and and they just despise it. And believe me, like the show I enjoy watching the most to to have to talk about on the roundtable is AEW. I'll actually watch it. Like Raw, you're not getting me to watch it. You know, I'll, I'll watch clips. SmackDown, sometimes. So I watch full AEW shows. And believe me when I tell you that probably about 55% of the stuff, I'm just like, ugh, and I can't wait to bury it. But I'm there for Jericho. I'm there for Moxley. I'm there for, you know, Kazarian when he comes out. There's LAX. There's a lot of towns over there that I do like. But I'm in that class of people where, you know, I shit on Orange Cassidy from the beginning I shit on Darby for a long time. He's kind of won me over a little bit. Yeah, I'll say that. Fuck you, people. <laughs> you know, I don't give a fuck. I like what I like. I don't like what I don't like. So Darby won me over some. I'm not going to be buying any fucking t-shirts or face paint or fake tattoos. But, I mean, the guy does risk a lot with the bumps that he takes. So he, he won me over a little bit. The women's division sucks. I hate it. I, I skip every women's division segment almost on AEW. I, I want to see Camille come in or somebody. test. Give me something to... Give me a reason to watch because right now I don't have one. But yeah, I mean, I've always been, I, I guess my point is I've always tried to be fair in my criticism and my praise of it. And it's just still the way it's going to be, you know, and no matter what people think about it or who wants to shit on it or who is over, uh, you know, over uh, indulgent with their praise, you know, I'm just, I'm pretty much right in the middle. But if I see something's good, I'm going to tell you it's good. I'm not going to try to be above it and think everything stinks. Everybody sucks and everything's stupid, you know, which might be a, a new shirt coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, you're making a lot of great points tonight. But if you want to make an even bigger and better and stronger point, you will check out BlueChew.com. That's right. This episode is sponsored by BlueChew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where BlueChew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets, Joe, and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Did you bring any Blue Chew to Vegas with you, Joe? 
Well, if I admitted to bringing Blue Chew to a, 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 a man trip to Vegas without my wife, I might be uh, paying out some, some big alimony. But I would recommend always having it handy in case you could possibly get a handy or more. Uh, I love Blue Chew. I really do. They've, they've been around Creative Control and the Creative Control Network for a long time now. It's one of my first sponsors. And uh, they do work. The, the chewable part's great if you don't like pills. The process is very, very simple. All you do is sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And it's all done online. You don't have to go to the doctor's office and say, hey, doc, I need some dick pills. You just go on the site, you handle it, you answer a few questions, no awkward conversations. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. It's going to come right to your door. Yeah, and Blue Chew's tablets are made right here in the USA. They're not from China. And they're prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. You know, Joe, this weekend coming up, I'm going to St. Louis for the mm. NWA weekend. And you know what? The first show is Empower, and it's an mm. all-women's show, right? Mm. So there's going to be plenty of women wrestlers in the area and at the show. So I'm bringing, like, a lot of blue chew. Yeah. You should. got to be ready, you know? You got to be ready. You got to be ready. And, uh, you know, people talk about groupies and whatever. There's nothing wrong with being a male group. Nope. So if that's the way it turns out, that's the way it turns out. I know that uh, my newest order is coming. You know, you see the mailman coming up. It's very exciting. Let me get my new Blue Chew. I have a special Blue Chew drawer I keep it in. And, uh, you know, Blue Chew is great for that first impression. If you're if you're with someone new, you're dating someone new. It could be maybe how I land at my wife because I left a lasting impression, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. We've got a special deal for the listeners of the Mike Durban Show. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code Durband at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Durband to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. And thank you, Joe. So, yeah. So what do you got? Some tweets? Uh, I mean, just the general, the whole general feeling from the negative people, it's like, you can tell that they had their feelings hurt from this guy. Like you can just tell the, the shit that they write. Like there's there's this, this one. A, a note on while you're looking at a note on his promo where he, I thought that was a cool thing to say when he was like, if any of my decisions like disappointed anyone, you know, like I apologize, but understand I needed to do this. Like it was it was a real thing. It was a real thing that he said. You know. Yeah. And, and everybody that like criticized him for for quitting, walking out, like have you not ever? experience that where you're in a job and you hate it and you just have to leave you have to quit yeah it's happened to me several times i quit yeah. you know i quit working at ups twice yeah. i just i walked out yeah twice in my young 20s i worked um i worked at michael's arts and craft store <laughs> in high school i hated it I, I i walked out you know people do that you know you're yeah. allowed to you're allowed to do that you know, just because fans of yours want you to stay there. You don't have to stay. No. Here, here, here's one. Here's one. This is just an excerpt. The punk thing was cool, but he's still bitter, and he doesn't give a damn about any of us. He never has. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't. What does that mean? You know, I've never gotten that vibe from him. You know, I've always gotten the vibe. And I asked my wife. I was like, I had her watch the promo. And I was like, you're an outsider. Explain this to me. Why is he popular like this? What is it about? You tell me what you see, you know, because he doesn't particularly have a big wrestler look. You know, I'm, what is it? 
she's like, I like the way he runs his mouth and I think he's real. You yeah. know, that's what I get from him. That's why people probably really enjoy him. So I always thought that um, him walking out didn't bother me in the least because I felt the same way. Like you just said, if I fucking hate a job and I have, a, I have seven figures in the bank or whatever, I'm out. Yep. I'm out of there. So, yeah, I don't know what that means. You know, if you want to talk about a guy who doesn't care about the fans, that's that's like a Brock type. But Punk is a fan. You know, he came into the business loving it. I don't I don't get that vibe from him at all. Yeah. And then it says he was pandering. Just watch the post show media scrum. He was the same old Phil. <laughs> what do you want from that? I mean, come on, dude. And then it goes on. He looked like he was instantly regretting being there. That's not the feeling that I got when 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 you see the guy tearing up coming out there and clearly getting emotional. Yeah, he doesn't regret being there. Trust me. And diving into the fans and hugging everybody yeah. that he could, and he went around and shook everyone's hand afterwards. You know, I just don't. I just don't buy that. I don't yeah. buy that. Seeing like slipping into his trying to slip into his mentality as a guy who grew up loving it and had your trials and tribulations and have had so many great moments in that city in particular, like. There's no way that wasn't like the moment of his life, you know, I wouldn't think. Yeah, and that building is a building that he has seen many Blackhawks victories. Uh, I don't know if they won the cup there out of the three times. I think they only won it once at home. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure he was there for that. Uh, the guy has, you know, the guy, he went to SummerSlam 94 there. He tweeted about that a, a couple of weeks ago. So. I mean, for him to be in that building and have that moment, the, tell me the guy it doesn't the same old Phil. Shut up! He yeah. looked like he, he's an introvert. He's a weird guy, <laughs> and a selfish, <laughs> and a selfish one at that. Oh come on, dude! See, that doesn't bother me either because I'm an introvert and I'm a weird guy. Maybe that's why he's popular because a lot of introverts and weird guys are punk fans. I don't know. He. What? Why is that? Because we've heard he's a dickhead at the airport when you shouldn't be bothering him. I mean, because he's other than the UFC stuff, like he stayed out of the spotlight. He stayed out of the wrestling spotlight. He just wants to kick it at Blackhawks games and go to the comic book store and maybe fuck around with a little acting. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the negativity really. And if you just weren't a fan of his, then who? Like, don't. I don't want to tell people don't comment because I hear people say that, but. If you weren't a fan, why are you why are you commenting? Why is it affecting you? Why would it bother you? You don't care, yeah. right? You don't give a shit. So there's people that I see on Twitter, and, and you know some of them are people we know, and no. they're very vocal about it, and they're very passionate about it, and you know being negative, and you know if you didn't care so much, why are you commenting? You know, you got to take into account too. I think some some people uh, are just it's for attention too. It's to get, you know, get a little, get people to comment and retweet their stuff. I, and we both know who, which one that is, but, uh, so yeah, so he's trying to draw, he's trying to get anti smart or he's going out there anti smart wise, I think to get, to get the people to respond to him, you know, and get attention. So I don't, I don't that's fine. Yeah. And then there's people like girl on cinema who I used to be a big fan of, like, right. I, I love her videos. I usually agree with all her takes on everything, but she has been tweeting nonstop. Mm -hmm. since Friday night and it's all negative. And I'm like, this girl's been a fan for like three or four years. Admittedly, she, she's not, she didn't experience it. Right. Yeah. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. And here she is. She's so vocal. And uh, I think she's, 
I mean, she might legitimately feel whatever she's saying because I haven't seen it, but I also think that she's doing the same thing. She's, you know, stoking the flames, or if I was to say it wrong, like uh, like on WR, she's stroking the flames of uh, yeah. of the AEW lovers. You know, she wants she wants to put that negative shit out there because she knows they're going to answer her, and then her engagement just goes up and up and up. So she's found a way to work, and uh, she's going to definitely push push that forward and and do it for all it's worth. Yeah, I mean, she's so anti AEW and she has been from the start. Uh I just wish that, you know, she didn't have to be a hundred percent negative about it. She could have, you know, taken this one thing and been positive about it. Yeah. And I know I know Russo is gonna probably criticize it this week. I know he's already tweeted about how the marks have uh reacted to it and uh, they're gonna have some fun with that. But yeah. Uh, Again, that could, you know, Maybe it's just a way to appeal to his base. That's why, I, even though I'm blocked by Jim Cornette, uh, I think he he really like people accuse him of he just says this to get a response. Well, if he was really, if he really wanted a response, he would say, "Who gives a shit about this punk thing? He's not going to do da da da." From what I understand, he's been very positive, very positive, yeah. which means he's being very honest about it. You know, because you don't expect him to praise anything. Yeah, he did so a half hour on it, I think, and then he even said it was. He started off with um, his quote was. Well, it wasn't the way I would have done it. It was actually a lot better. It was perfect. Yeah, I didn't hear that, but that's pretty interesting. So, and then, yeah, he just, he was very positive about it. So, and then the other thing is now, oh, that was a cool moment, but where are they going to go from here? It's going to suck. I'm like, well, I don't think that <laughs> Punk is going to let it suck. It, that's just not possible. He's not going to do anything that's bad. If you look at his entire run in WWE, I can't think of anything bad that he was involved in. No, and that's being handcuffed, too. So yeah. he took whatever he was given and tried to polish it up as much as he could. I, I agree with you there. I don't. And even stuff that I, when I wasn't watching, you know, I went back and watched his feud with, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy, which I wasn't watching at that time, or Straight Edge Society and stuff. He's always a guy that, that did appeal to me. Like, uh, I knew who he was, but I didn't see him wrestle until he showed up at ECW, the fake ECW. Like I did, but I knew who he was. I knew he was a he was the guy at Ring of Honor or whatever, and uh, he kind of won me over immediately. So even if I wasn't watching, I'd pop the show on from time to time to see. Oh, Punk's going for the ECW belt. Well, let's see what happens. You know, so he he's always been one of those talents that's been able to get me to return or or give companies another chance, which is what my stance has been all along. I think people are gonna give it a give it a try. They're gonna sample it. They're going to want to see what Punk's doing and whether or not they stay and AEW retains them. That's not, I don't think that's going to be on Punk. That's probably going to be on what's going on on the rest of the show. You know, the rest of Rampage after that moment. Yeah. Probably not the best. You know, yeah. I shut it off. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I sat there, watched the rest of it. It was okay. Uh, what was the match right after Punk's promo? I can't even tell you. Yeah. All I know is I shut it off. Was before. it private? Was it private party? Were they on that? Yeah, Matt Hardy brought them out. And I can't remember who they wrestled. Yeah, Matt Hardy was on that show. Um, I think they might have done a women's match, but yeah. All in all, I had a great time at the whole sh at the show. I had a great time. I will go again. Just today I bought tickets for the Go Home Rampage the Friday night before All Out. I want to go to All Out, but tickets are $350 and up, so that will not be happening. Man. So, I'm definitely interested now, man. And yeah, if I have to sit through if I watch a two-hour show and half of it's good and half of it's not, hey, I'm not sitting through a three-hour Raw that's 100% shit. 
I'll, yeah, and I'll watch. I'll watch. You know, I'll watch a two-hour show of AEWs. Sure. And it's not like back in the day with everyone's you know Monday Night Wars and that's all our our era and all that. There were some shit shows, and there was some shows where 50 percent of it were like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, that's just the that's just the nature of wrestling. But I guess I, when we talked about this, all I wanted to say was, <clears throat> it's not. There's nothing wrong with accepting something and being positive about it. Like we're all fans. Yeah. You know, you don't have. What's the point of of hating it or just hate or even hate watching or, you know, I just I've tried. Because I used to be a really negative fan, I've tried my best to not be like that anymore. And if you can't see that that moment and everything like that, and his promo, or as Disco would say, and stuff and everything and all that, <laughs> um, and you can't enjoy it, like maybe you just shouldn't watch wrestling. Maybe it's just not your. It's not for you. <laughs> you know, things you things pass you by, or you pass them by, and then you just stop watching. You know. I thought the first two seasons of Justified were great, and then I didn't like it too much anymore, and I didn't watch the rest of the show just to hate it. I just stopped watching it. That's what's funny and strange about wrestling. Even if people aren't watching, they want to know what's going on, and they want to shit on it. You know, It's a very strange, very strange fan base. One other thing that I am seeing a lot of this this thing about moving the needle. Oh, is Punk going to move the needle? <laughs> he's he, And then, of course, all the negative people. Oh, he's not going to move the needle. And you know what? I don't give a shit if he does or not. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. I don't care. People always say, oh, Bret Hart was the lowest drawing champion of the 90s. Guess what? I don't give a shit, but I will go back and watch any match that he had or any promo from that time period, and I love it. Yeah. I don't care if, if Punk only uh, gains them 100,000 more viewers. I don't care. It yeah. doesn't matter to me. That's what I I'm don't saying. need it to be popular to enjoy it. Right, right. People yeah. take it personal or, or use it as a reason to, uh, you know, espouse the greatness of AEW or they use it as a reason to, to shit on AEW. And in the meantime, I'm on the sidelines going, I really don't care. <laughs> I really don't care who's watching. You know, if I want to watch, I'm going to watch. And that's it. And I think uh, it's just, you know, to me, and I've, I've made this comparison a few times, and, and I was obviously wrong when I thought that the clues were leading to maybe Brock going over there. And I always thought that would be fucking amazing to have that like NWO style thing. Maybe they still will. I don't know. But to me, this is the most buzz that's been around then, you know, 1996 Hall and Nash come in, Hogan turns heel. Oh my God, who else is going to jump ship? Like, that's kind of how I'm looking at it now. You know, fucking Moxley was the, was the first, you know, Jericho before him really, but you know, who's going to jump ship? Oh my God. It has that nitro kind of excitement. Even if you don't particularly care who jumps, it's still, it just reminds me of, of back in the day. Now, Oh my God, is Brian coming in? You know, is is why I don't care if Wyatt comes in, but is Wyatt coming in? And it's just you have to let it, it just enjoy it. There's a level of excitement here that there hasn't been in years, man. Do you remember what wrestling was like between 2014 and 2018? Like it was, it was terrible. It there was only one company to watch, and they were just serving whatever. And you know, I don't think people remember how bad it really can get, <laughs> so they don't know what's good. I mean, and, yeah, I'll admit wrestling is not going to become mainstream again just from this guy returning. It's not going to. It probably never will again in our lifetimes, you know, yeah. unless something, some major thing happens. But I don't care because I will enjoy it. That's all that matters to me. I don't care if, you know, nobody else is watching. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, and that's how I've always looked at it. And for, like, it made me think we're, you know, comparing old moments. The only thing that I've ever attended live that I think may have, 
it, it didn't touch this, but it was the most exciting thing was when ECW had uh, hard. Well, it wasn't ECW, but ECW one night stand weekend. We had hardcore homecoming at the ECW arena. And it was the first time you had all these ECW talents under one roof in four years. And everybody got like mega pops, dude. It was like Whipwreck versus Simon Diamond. And the roof was coming off. Like there was so much excitement in that building. And that's like, you know, let yourself get swept away. Let yourself get swept up in that because it's fun. There's no reason to just hate everything. I mean, what, what is the goddamn point of that? Well, you've said it all, Joe. I want to thank you for coming on and talking wrestling with me, something I've rarely done on my show. Mm-hmm. But I felt in this instance, uh, it's such a huge and monumental event like <laughs> this, uh, we had to discuss it somehow. So We could really irritate some of the haters and uh, create a new Rampage review show. <laughs> that would be awesome. A watch-along. Rampage watch-along. Rampage watch-along, yeah. All right, Joe. Uh... Monday's on the Raven Effect. What else? Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Thursday's on Keeping It 100. Um, uh, excuse me, when? Friday sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's been Fridays more often. <clears throat> well, we record, for people that don't, we record Thursday night now, and, and then I immediately record with Raven, and I have to do the Richard Show. So some I, I get what I can done, and actually the ad-free version does come out almost a day and a half before the when when it's available, you know. So if you want to hear it super early, get on, get on Patreon, but... um. So there's there's keeping it 100 of course. There's gonna be a lot of stuff going up on Patreon this week from the live show and all that, and clips that I filmed and pictures and everything. And uh, for the people that if you have Spotify Premium, I started putting up just a daily, which I did miss this weekend because I was away, but I'm making up for it right now. Um, it's just an hour music ish, like 10 songs. I'll put up every day around noon. If you have Spotify Premium, you can listen to the full songs. It's just hey, if you're on your lunch break or you're driving or something. Oh, let me see what, what Feeney put on the thing today. Maybe you'll hear some shit you don't know and you like, or you like. Oh, he's playing that. Whatever. I'm not making any money off it. It's a total vanity project. So that's just Feeney Radio on Spotify Premium. And uh, Creative Control Network at the CC Network 1 on Twitter for all the fine, fine programs over there. And uh, that's about it. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Check me out on Twitter at Mike Durband. YouTube.com slash Mike Durband, YouTube.com slash Get My Go. Get My Go season two is coming back very soon. We will be doing the uh, <laughs> show. <laughs> but that's not his name. It's uh... oh yeah, whatever, whatever. That was. What is his name? Okay, yeah, because your name. That's right. All right, everyone. Bye for now. Peace.
can do for you.